Vossie here. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can catch Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy live 6am to 9am weekdays. Just tune your radio to 1170am in Sydney. What a weekend, what a night in Vegas. What a time to be a rugby league fan. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with C and Brandy. I am still in Vegas, 55th floor of the World's Resort, uh, looking down, or Resorts World, looking down the strip. It's a sunny day in Vegas this morning. Uh, well, what is it, about 70 degrees Fahrenheit this morning? Uh, looking out at the airport. It's all good. It's all good. Can you believe today, like the sport just rolls on, uh, Rafa Nadal is playing the Netflix slam at the Mandalay Bay Resort against Alcaraz. <laughs> they, they, they play today. This is after Adele played, um, U2 played, Christine Aguilera played, Madonna played, Copperfield Magic Show, all the rest on one given night. Rugby in that calendar. Take your pick. Mm. What a city. Please, I implore you, try and get here next year or the year after. We're here for five years with the Rugby League. It is Brandy's birthday. Brandy, sorry we only mentioned it there uh, just going into the news. Um, Fossey, I'm very happy. Happy birthday, that, old yeah, Bean. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that you for, we, we all forgot about it. I forgot about it this morning too. I, I rolled into work and Ben said, happy birthday. And I went, oh, Jesus, that's right. It is. At four, you know, quarter to five this morning. I wasn't thinking birthday, but uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, it looked like you all had so much fun over there in Vegas. So... Um, we, there's yeah. no doubt the, the, the ones that missed the boat, um, Cooper wasn't there, Cooper Cronk, uh, Corey Parker, me, um, I'm sure we'll get together Blocker. at some stage, us three, Blocker, yeah, we'll, we'll, us four. Matty Russell. Matty, Matt Russell, Jake yes. Jake Duke. Jake Duke. Oh, maybe it's a bit, it's a big crew, isn't it? Maybe, maybe we can have a little party. <laughs> we, we, I sort of had a bit of a Vegas get together yesterday. Um, Phil Blake and his wife Anna came over, uh, Blakey, so... And uh, good friends of ours, Steve and Julie, and uh, my boys had about oh, 10 of their mates come over. So um, we, we enjoyed it. It was double header at home, a um, couple of spicy margs, and, uh, and, and all was good. The, 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 the world is good, Andrew. Uh, off to Penrith today. So I'll, uh, I'll head out to Penrith and um, <clears throat> catch up with the, the Panthers and see how they're oh. prepping for round one. I'm bringing home you a... I'll give you away the present. I'm, I'm going to Margaritaville today and I'm going to buy you a voucher. So for when you do get to Vegas in the years ahead, you can go to Margaritaville and take your rightful posse there. Now, let's do a quick... Um, we've got David Riccio coming up shortly. We're hoping to catch up with Wally, the statsman, who was in the crowd yesterday just to get prices. <laughs> so he will give us the fan experience from an Australian point of view. And Wally's watched rugby league all around the world. But 
I, I think he feels like he's been robbed without people. They're not wearing balaclavas. So he'll put us, he'll, he'll give us some alarming figures there. Brandy, you are the super analyst. Mm. Um, give us 20-second post-mortem on each team. I'll fire them at you. Let's start with the winners of the first game, Manly. I uh, thought it was outstanding performance from Manly because Manly were the side that I was worried about because they came into the game with many of their big names having not played any football at all. So I think there was about 10 of them uh, that had not played any footy. I thought it worked well for them. They fought back after South got to the lead by eight. Uh, it was a big tick for mine. And I, I would say both games, Andrew, um, I, I was pleasantly surprised by the ball control. Uh, and the the quality of it, they're all mm. they're all around eighty percent. So, and that certainly helped uh, the the you know the spectacle that it was. But Manly, Manly Benefit get a, a nine out of ten to start the season. Good stuff. Benefit of playing indoors. You know, no 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 weather elements, no dew to affect. You know, pristine playing surface, if I can use that word. Mm. The performance of the Rabbitohs in being beaten wrap uh, up there. Well, you, you mentioned it earlier, but Cody was a little bit quiet. Um, uh, Lockie Ilias did some good things, but made some errors too. Uh, I thought their forwards, led by Cameron Murray, were strong. And they got themselves into an eight-point lead. I liked the involvement of, of Luttrell. Uh, I thought he, he, he got involved in the game. He was there to, to help South Sydney win. Um, but just fell short and missed a lot of tackles. So defensively, to have the Seagulls rack up as many line breaks as they did uh, is a bit of a concern, but they were down some key men. One of those key men won't be back for, for a long time, if at all, um, in Campbell Graham. So they've got some work to do. I'll get your thoughts on uh, Brisbane and the Roosters in a moment. By the way, you can have your say as well, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. But David Riccio, we do need to go with him because he's joining us on the line from the airport where he's about to fly home to Australia. So let's get to day and also find out what the latest is on the Ezra Mam Spencer Lenu situation. And now on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy, the back page with David Riccio. Morning, Dave. It's uh, it's all been positive. The games lived up to what we hoped. The build-up was fantastic. It was uh, it, it's a it's a massive win for the NRL. Yeah, good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Bossy. Happy birthday to you, Brandy. You're spot on. I mean, no one in their wildest dreams could have predicted what unfolded not only last night but the week, the week-long build-up. It was just a an incredible, just honestly incredible to be here in Las Vegas and to watch it unfold. And there were times, and I'm sure Vossi would agree, there were times where you were pinching yourself, reminding yourself that you were here for our little old little rugby league game that has suddenly grown up overnight. That's, that's, that's the way it felt. It was almost like, is this happening? And then and, and within the space of 24 hours, um, the game has grown up and it's put itself on the map. It, it was just extraordinary to watch it all unfold this week and certainly last night. No question of that. Now, can we just get... Uh, we need to deal with the Ezra Mam spencer Lenu story straight away. David, For that, there would be people that perhaps didn't stick around for the second game, won't be aware of the circumstances. So take us through what has happened, what's alleged to have happened, and, and where we're at now, and when will it be dealt with? Yeah, Vossi, look, if I'm Andrew Rabdo and or Peter Valandis, I'm absolutely filthy um, with this allegation that it has 
somewhat mired what should be an absolute celebration for the game. But here we have probably one of the the lowest forms of uh, ill discipline on the on the football field, and an allegation that the game can't stand for. What what will happen? It will be a case of the the match report being uh, the match review committee. Sorry, the match review committee going over the the facts of the matter and determining whether Spencer Lenu, who is it is alleged to have made a racial slur against Broncos half as Ramam, the match review committee will determine whether he is sent immediately to the judiciary. Um, to, to basically to, to defend himself on this case, it's as I said, I just find it like just so disappointing mm-hmm. because every player, all I've seen uh, this past week is every player show a responsibility to promote the game in the greatest light. And in one moment, um, we're now talking about uh, an act that nobody can stand for and the game shouldn't stand for. And Peter Volandis has already gone on the record this morning. The story's currently up and running on the Telegraph website and has declared that they, the game won't stand for it. Mm. Uh, this is a good text, uh, David and, and Andrew. Paulie from West Walls, and he says, uh, this is the first time that uh, the NRL will have more than New South Wales, Queensland, New Zealand eyes on it. There will be a lot of American media ready to pounce on the racial slur. They're very sensitive about racism. We can't expect to not get blowback from sports bodies in the US. They won't be as happy about NRL in the States as we are. This really is a test case that the NRL must send an international message with. Uh, that's a good text message from Pauling. I'll say Absolutely. this too, that's in addition to it. That's if, fantastic text message. David, if Spencer was to be found guilty of this, and it can only be on-field audio, otherwise it's a, a you know just just taking the evidence of the players, those around, I suppose. Um, but in a radio interview on field, Spencer said straight after the game, it's just all fun and games out on the field when he was asked about the incident. No, I'm, I'm innocent, yeah. or I didn't say that. It's a ridiculous response. I mean, it's just all fun and games on the field. Wow, that's not going to help his case if they come up with audio evidence. No, it was a really poor take, wasn't it, from Spencer, uh, attempting to explain the situation away. And we know a lot of players have said that in the past, that what happens on the field stays on the field. But certainly the game, as I've said, it, it, it goes far beyond that. Racial vilification is something, and to the text message that just came through, absolutely spot on. Mm. And that's what I was referring to earlier. The game has, has had to grow up overnight. If you want to take it to the international stage, well, you've now got more eyes than ever watching every move you make. And, and this, is, this is absolutely a huge, huge moment for the game to, to show that they won't, they won't stand um, and, 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 and allow such behaviour uh, to be... To be let, let, let go softly. Like it's, it's, they've got an opportunity to hear the NRL. I'm going to watch it closely. Mm. Uh, now, you were with South all week in the build-up, David. Uh, they won't be happy about that. Mm. Uh, a lot of points. And, look, it made for a fantastic game to watch. And it was a great spectacle for, for any of those that had not seen Rugby League and were getting their first look at it. Because it had just about everything. But uh, South won't be happy with, uh, you know, giving up 36 points. No, spot on, Brandy. I think that's the biggest factor of all, leaking 36 points in the first round of the season is not, not what you're looking for. I must say that in the entire preparation of South Sydney was, was fantastic. Um, you know, certainly Cody Walker uh, was A-OK to play. 
but they just they had every opportunity to win that game. I think they led twenty points to twelve in the yep. you know just uh, probably ten minutes into the second half. And and and, and I must say, I must say, I, I was I was standing and applauding South Sydney's try saving defence. They they came up with some massive last ditch plays in the first half mm. to keep Manly from, um, from from scoring. And and I thought this is a side that's high on attitude and high on effort. I couldn't believe it was the same team that walked off the pitch having like thirty six points and. Um, look, uh, Jason Demetrio, post-match press conference, Brandy, Bossy, he spoke about the 15-minute window. That's, he was lamenting that, the 15-minute period of which the, the Bunnies just let the game slip and Manly ran away with it. I've got to give Manly credit. I, I didn't expect that top performance. I thought it would take a little bit more time uh, on, the, on the basis of a, a brand-new spine, the arrival of Luke Brooks. Tom Trebojevic was fantastic. In fact, the all Trebojevic brothers, uh, Ben and Jake, were also outstanding. Um, it was a terrific win by Manly. Really strong. Now, Brandy, I'll bring you in because I didn't get a chance to ask you about Broncos and Roosters. Let's start with the beaten grand finalists, Brandy, and get your opinion in a moment, David. Quick summation of Brisbane. It is round one. Do you have reason to be concerned on what you saw? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I, I don't think the Broncos, you know, they, they weren't great. They weren't fantastic. Uh, Piacora injury sort of, you know, meant that they had to play Carrigan on an edge and bring Hetherington into the middle. Reese Walsh looked dangerous. Like that was a that was a great uh, piece of play that Walsh left uh, left uh, Swali'i just stranded. Just just beat him with speed and footwork to set up a try for Dean Mariner. I I, I wouldn't be that concerned if I was the Broncos. Uh, looked a little bit clunky in attack, um, but uh, I, I think they'll turn it around pretty quickly. They've got the players too. David, what's the fallout from the Broncos yeah. side of things? Yeah, Bossy, I'm, I'm with Brandy. There's no way in the world you would you would start to put a line through the Broncos off one one performance. But they, but they, it does, they didn't do they didn't do a good enough job uh, for me to say that they're going to be okay with the departure of Herbie Farmworth, Kirk Capel, and Thomas Flegler. And that's the concern for me. If how do they respond losing such three quality players, uh, as I said. And, and I just felt as though that it might take a little bit longer. Uh, Brendan Piakura is a... Is a uh, Brandy's right. Like, it was an ill-time um, departure from the field. Mm. But at the same time, they don't have a, a mass amount of depth now uh, in that back row position. Brendan Piakura has only played, you know, close to 21st grade games. So, you know, that's a long way from Kirk Capel who's played in grand finals and premierships. And so that's just that little bit of concern for me. No way in the world will I write them off. They've got too many good players. But it was it, I just wanted to see a little bit more. David, let me ask you one last thing. Now, I, this is probably a question a lot of people want to hear the answer to. And whether we get absolute transparency, is it vital? Maybe not. What has it all cost? Um, my information is... Could, the NRL could be $2 million out of pocket at the end of this. I'm saying that's a worthwhile investment. And we're in a gambling city of Vegas. That's a $2 million investment for a payday that maybe 10 years down the track we're talking in the hundreds of million dollars. Is that what you're hearing, what the, what the, what the ledger will stay and what this has all cost? 
Yeah, bossy, that's the ballpark figure that's been bandied around. There's certainly no definitive figure that the NRL are willing to declare on how much it costs, but certainly that $2 million figure is being bandied around. I'm with you. Like, I don't think we'll see the ultimate rewards until the, you know, the end of this five-year term. I, 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 I just can't see how it's not going to be a success based on what we saw last night and throughout this week. What was what was so important was the relationships that were built this week in Las Vegas. With I'll give you a quick example. The, the uh, all club CEOs throughout the NRL were here in Las Vegas. They had a meeting with the San Francisco 49ers um, executive team uh, while they were here. Now the San Francisco 49ers um, have offered their services, have offered their help to to help promote rugby league. And the next instalment of the Las Vegas kickoff, they've offered to use their contact, their relationships. And that just can't be formed sitting back at home in Sydney, Brisbane or Melbourne. Like it, it was just so important to be on the ground here. And the relationships that have been formed are going to help the NRL year on year. A uh, couple of quick ones, David. TV ratings, when will they come out from the States? And also, when do the teams for next year get announced? Or do we have to wait until you know, the draws close to being done next at the end of the year? Well, I think the TV ratings will be um, available today. We should get uh, word of that today. Second question, the NRL are absolutely focused on announcing the next four teams as soon as possible. And that will be a base uh, case of getting back uh, to Australia, uh, drawing on all the feedback, looking at all the numbers and working out what worked and what didn't and then putting it to all the clubs to determine if they want to be part of it next year. But ultimately, the NRL want to make a call ASAP Mm -hmm. uh, on on the basis of giving fans, sponsors and corporates as much leading time, as much notice uh, to book their flights to get over here next year. Uh, Yeah, what are we? It's it's March. I would think we'll know by May, June. Dave, the the coverage has been great. Uh, It's been fantastic. the access you've given us, uh, you've been with South Sydney in the build-up in San Diego. Uh, safe trip home, mate. Um, all the best, and, and thanks for, for all the time you've spent on the phone with us over the last 10 days. Absolute pleasure, boys. Thank you. Go well. We're here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Bryden's Lawyers in just a moment. Wally the Statsman reviews his experience in Vegas. A reminder, you can win weekly prizes and a major prize of an NRL grand final experience thanks to the brand of hot water that comes on steady, hot and strong. That would be Ream. Visit nrltipping.sen.com.au. Uh, uh, Vossi isn't the only one that was over there in Vegas uh, as part of the team Wally, the stats man, was also there, and uh, he joins us on the line. G'day, Walt. How y'all doing, boys? Uh, we're doing well. Where are you exactly right now? Uh, we're currently sitting in it's a Good Pie Bar. It's in uh, the Art District in Las Vegas. We're just waiting for our pizza to arrive. Okay. Right, yeah. Um, now, Vossi, he, a, a couple of our listeners wanted Vossi to chase down, see if there was any pies to be had in Vegas. Did you, Wal, did you cross any pies? No, I don't think so. And I'm win three Wiganers. And if there was any pies to be found, they would have found them and they haven't. So okay. maybe not. Okay. Let, let, <laughs> let me ask you this as a supporter, um, how would you, yes. how would you rate the trip? 
Uh, it's been awesome, Brandy, really. We sort of did a bit of touring around up in the mountains in California as well. We haven't just done Vegas. But uh, the, the actual game itself was – the experience was really good. The stadium's great. There was no queue. There was an awesome big screen. Maybe the only thing to complain about – the PA wasn't great. It's probably the only really thing to complain about. Aside from the food prices and the beer prices, wow. It's uh, <laughs> If PVL can organise to get the dollar back to parity, that would be uh, much better for next year. Oh. <laughs> As Andrew Abdo <laughs> says, they're like the bat phone. When there's a drama, he has to go to one statement. He says, Peter – can you make a call? So it's up to Volandis <laughs> to make a call on that one. Um, I don't know whether you – one food outlet yesterday in the ground caught my eye. It was called What the Cluck. What the Cluck Chicken. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting – fill us in on the food prices, the beer, food prices, drink prices in the ground. What did you pay? Uh, I think the beers, Vossi, for like a 700 mil was something like $20 US, maybe a little bit more. And the food was all like, everything was like at least $20 US, which when you factor in the dollar, it's like, yeah, $35 a beer. That's a lot for a beer. <laughs> uh, now, well, I've given my little pricey, a quick sort of 30 second on each team. I haven't done the Roosters yet, but I, I'm going to let you do the Roosters. Being a, a mad Chooks fan, uh, they had a good win. What impressed you the most? Uh, Brandy, I thought it was probably Victor Adley's best game in a couple of years. He looked really sharp, made some really great tackles. James Tedesco also looked really good. Looked like uh, maybe a bit of their criticism last year spurred him on a little bit. The attack was still a little bit, wasn't great, but they defended really well. But I guess the attack's hard with the, the narrower field. It's hard to know exactly how the attack's working. So we'll see in a couple of weeks uh, what's going on. Yeah. Worth stressing too, Wally, you went there as a fan. You weren't working with Fox League yesterday. So for fans tuned in now, can you do you care to give a figure what it costs to travel either to LA, to Vegas, accommodation, let's say four or five days, go to the game? Is there a, is there a rough ballpark figure on what it would cost if anyone considering right now coming in the next four years? I've tried not to pay attention to how much we spend, Flossie, but yeah, I guess your flights are somewhere in the order of 1500 Um, Vegas, it depends where you stay and how many people you've got. You're probably looking at maybe between $150 and $200 a night to stay, um, and then just your, how much you drink or where you want to go to eat and whatnot. So it's not cheap, but if you can afford it, I'd uh, highly recommend coming. We've all had a great time. Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, we'll catch you when you get home. Safe trip, uh, safe flying. We'll catch you and we'll talk about round one. Um, Wally Stats, you can give us the, the good mail on who's going to win uh, when you get back to Australia. Thanks for joining us, mate. Get on you, Brandy. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Wally. Breakfast is powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. The 7.30 News with Vanessa. Then we're back with some other sports and the headlines of the morning. A reminder that Cameron Smith makes his return to the show this year uh, this year every Monday. So Cam Smith will be along after 8 o'clock this morning. Vanessa, thank you. Breakfast is powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Here's some of the sports headlines of the morning. The NRL season is off and running following yesterday's Vegas doubleheader. It has been marred by allegations of racism on the field. If you missed our chat with David Riccio, make sure you catch up on the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, Will Pukowski, now this is a concerning story. Yet another concussion incident. He retired hurt yesterday 
after being struck by a short ball during his side Sheffield Shield clash against Tasmania. Remiss of us not to mention Ollie Davies and uh, Daniel Hughes for New South Wales, scoring hundreds against South Australia, heading into day four. Blues lead by 178. So they're going to have to come up with some way of trying to get outright points there. And in the EPL this morning, Manchester City has had a 3-1 win over Man United. So the, the Manchester derby, uh, City won 3-1 to have them just one point behind ladder leaders Liverpool. Bournemouth also had a win over Burnley. Liverpool scoring in yesterday in the ninth minute of extra time to win 1-0. So um, just got in there. Uh, Brian Gorgian has confirmed he's in talks with the Sydney Kings after the club parted ways with coach Mahmoud Abdullah Fattah on Friday. Good luck to the Hawks tonight as they take on the New Zealand Breakers' sudden death in the playoffs in the NBL. In the Super Rugby, Vossi, uh, the Waratahs, who must have been paying about 10 bucks, uh, had a 37-24 win over the Crusaders, while the Hurricanes beat the Queensland Reds 38-33 in Golden Point. And Australia won the first test against New Zealand in Wellington. Nathan Lyon, Cameron Green, the big stars. In just a moment, we'll speak to Barat Sundarayson from the SEN Cricket team. A reminder that the second test gets underway on Friday. And again, SEN, the home of sport, we will be there. Thank you for making the switch to SEN 1170 AM, the home of sport in Sydney. I'm broadcasting from Vegas, looking over the strip. It is a lovely sunny morning. Oh, it's now midday, after midday in Vegas on a Sunday. Brandy in Sydney. We are here for Bryden's Lawyers, unable to work due to injury or contact Bryden's Lawyers. Hazelwood to Mitchell. Top edge flies up. Hazelwood takes the catch. And Australia win the test in Wellington. The Trans-Tasman Trophy is retained. The ruthless streak in this bowling attack led by Nathan Lyon has secured victory for Australia. Uh, Jared Waitley and the team did such a good job calling the, the first test out of the basin in Wellington. Part of the team, of course, and we've spoken to him many times, uh, one of my favourites, Barat Sundarayson, uh, is on the line from New Zealand. Uh, Barat, uh, good morning. Is it as simple as uh, Cameron Green with the bat, Nathan Lyon with the ball, that, that was the difference? Too simplistic? Uh Morning, guys. I mean, yeah, I mean, as simplistic as uh, this New Zealand team just, uh, when they face Australia in a big match, or especially in test cricket, uh, they just seem to lose the game uh, even before they step onto the field. I mean, there's uh, um, so much evidence of it. We've been seeing it over the last 30 years, 30 plus years now. Um, over generations of these black cap teams, they they just seem to, uh, you know, come to the big stage and uh, and just kind of panic. They, we saw it with the bat. I mean, imagine neither uh, of the two innings getting to even 200 runs and just literally handing Australia the game at so many levels. Having said that, you're right. I mean, Cam Green uh, just played one of those, uh, you know, career-defining innings uh, and a crucial hand in the second innings as well. And Nathan Lyon, oh, top scoring and six wickets. Uh, why not? Yeah, incredible, wasn't it? Re- and really... Um... Barat, when you look at the first innings total of, of 383, uh, it, it should have been a lot smaller than that, shouldn't it? Like, nine for 267. That uh, Josh Hazelwood did, did his job, but the Kiwis, they should have been better and, and, and you know, reduced yeah. that, that total. Oh, I mean, if you wanted to know, uh, just get a glimpse into this uh, mental block, um, psychological disadvantage, whatever you want to call it, 
that New Zealand seemed to have against Australia. Just uh, go back to the morning of day two. Like you said, yes, uh, I mean, Cameron Green had made 100, uh, but Josh Hazelwood had just walked out to bat the previous night. And you, the feel for the first couple of overs, like here's a young man, yes, he's made 100, he still has to start fresh. Uh, the game's at an even keel. And Tim Saudi just spreads the field out. And suddenly, if you're Cameron Green, um, your, your whole mindset changes as well, right? You're like, oh, wait, am I, am I watching the game? Looks like I am. Okay, fine, fair enough. And, and you could see that come through in the way he started batting as well. And, uh, and you're right. And then New Zealand's batting performance uh, that, that afternoon, the, the mix-up, Kane Williamson going for a run, which was never a run. Um, and some pretty ordinary shots from everybody else. Uh, and we just saw that once again in the second inning. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a great performance from, from Australia, but, um, but not even close to being their perfect game. But it feels like they don't have to play their perfect game to beat New Zealand in Test cricket. Mm. Um, and the wicket did spin, uh, which I, I listened to many that said that that was a bit of surprise, the sort of turn that, mm. that Nathan Lyon was getting. Um it, winning does mask some problems within a team. Uh, Marnus Lubbershane has, I, mm. I think it's 40 innings now, uh, and he's scored one century in those 40 innings. Um, he's, he, looks, he, he, just, he looks all at sea. Yeah, I mean, look, his test average for the first time in over five years has dropped below 50, which is generally a, a, an indicator of, uh, uh, you know, especially for a batter like him, who, who was, whose average uh, kind of was, kind of floated around in the early 60s for two or three years. For it to drop below 50 is a pretty strong indicator of uh, the dip in form or, or whether just the dip, uh, the diminishing returns uh, in terms of big scores in the last uh, 18 or so months. I mean, that 100 you spoke about um, saved Australia the blushes in Manchester. Uh, who knows, they must have lost the ashes without it. But, mm. uh, but you're right. And look, I mean... Uh, there's nobody who's watched more Mahanis Lavashen than, than, than me. And, and I, I have seen some positives from how he approached this test match. He was, he's no longer just batting, batting, batting for three, four hours on end. Um, he, he's tried to bring more energy to his next sessions than just time. But having said all that, all that doesn't matter if you don't score runs. And especially as a number three, like you said, just one century in 40 innings is, uh, is not good enough. Uh, but I guess... Uh, the the two or three years which he had where he became number one in the world gives him those extra credits that maybe some other batters might not have, uh, and he's got a chance to uh, you know make the most of most of it with this opportunity in Christchurch uh, this week uh, because after this again Australia have to wait for eight months to play their next test uh, he might go and play county cricket I though if you want to look at little positives I really did think he had he looked a lot more settled in the second innings. But, you know, the strangle down the leg side happens when you least want it when you're a batter out of form. Uh, and Christchurch, well, the Aussies will come in as favourites. And, and you're right about a mindset. It, it looks like the Kiwis uh, mind when they play Australia, and it shouldn't be, but it's, it's fragile. So unless they can fix that up within a few days, Barat, um, the result might be mm-hmm. the same. Yeah, and it'll be a pretty landmark test match as well for New Zealand, but two of their um, most successful test cricketers of all time, Kane Williamson and Tim Saudi, who literally started playing cricket together, played the Under-19 World Cup together back in 2008, uh, will be playing their uh, 100th test match, respectively. So um, you, there will be a lot of uh, excitement around around that. Um, but it would once again come to naught if they don't uh, really front up and uh, you know put on a performance which is 
which is worthy of uh, you know them being former world test champions and it's pretty much more or less this team that got them there and also the fact that look if you speak about this batting lineup not even getting to 200 uh, uh, in both innings uh, it's a batting lineup which in the top 5 has the number 1 and number 3 ranked as batters in Kane Williamson and Darrell Mitchell so it's a batting lineup in form and for them to uh, you know perform so poorly against this Australian attack again like he said tells a lot about Uh, their psyche, but yeah, I mean, you can't just keep sitting on it. They have to find a way of breaking free. I think we might, they might go extreme in terms of the pitch. Uh, leave a lot more grass on that pitch at the Hagley Oval in Christchurch, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, something, something to just tell the Aussies that no, you know what, we're here to like take you down. Yeah, and just just away from the uh, the Australian New Zealand Test match, uh, Barat Will Pukowski, uh he was hit in the head again. Um, I, mm. I, I, you know, I. It's happening too regularly. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's uh, you know you almost uh, these days on social media uh, or, or when you hear or when you see Will Pekoski trending, you're like, oh, it better not be for that. And that's what happened. Uh, that's how I found out yesterday. Like just a week after he'd made that hundred, and it felt like all of Australia was rejoicing, right? In, in uh, his first Shield hundred in three or four summers, but. Uh, to see uh, not just the fact that he was hit on the head, but just the way he was, it's. Uh, I mean, you feel for him. Uh, it's just happened so often, uh, and, and like I mean, only he and his doctors can tell you, like you know, how many more of these he can kind of sustain and still continue to play cricket. And, and unfortunately, it's happened at a time when he's just talking about feeling very confident of you know playing cricket regularly. Uh, he's got a county uh, contract as well. Um, so I mean, really, like, uh, like pray to the good Lord, he somehow kind of finds a way of coming coming out of this again. Uh, but you do wonder how many more, how many more can uh, can he, um, as a person, forget as a cricketer, uh, just endure. Well, Barat, we're, we're looking forward to the second test in Christchurch. Uh, really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, great to chat. Uh, no worries at all, guys. And just a weather report: it's actually absolutely pelting down. So. If only New Zealand could have dragged this test match today. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Barat. Cheers, guys. There he is, Barat Sundersayson. Um, look, we're here for Bryden's lawyers, unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Bryden's lawyers. Uh, Vossioki up in a moment. Maybe a text too. Brandy here. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can catch Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy live 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. weekdays. Just tune your radio into 1170 a.m. in Sydney.